This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. The Penn Wharton budget model has released an analysis of President Biden's $1.9 trillion COVID relief package. Efrem Berkovich is the director of computational analysis for Penn Wharton budget model, and he joins us to discuss their report on the macroeconomic impact of this potential package. Efrem, great to talk to you again. Hope you're well. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for Thank having you. me on again. As always. Uh, larger scale, um, when you look at all of the numbers involved here, what kind of impact does this have on the U.S. economy? So the immediate impact is a slight uptick uh, in GDP, as you know, I think is unsurprising given the huge amounts of money that are at play here. Uh, it, it's a small amount, and I'll uh, discuss that a little bit more. But the longer-term outlook uh, is, is not great, uh, and we see uh, a decline in GDP from you know, our baseline forecasts, uh, you know, stretching out into uh, you know, 2040, 2050. How much of that is tied to the additional money and obviously adding on to the debt that's already been increasing? So that's exactly the, the point uh, that you've got there. Um, this is a large amount of additional money that we're adding to our already very large debt. And the existence of the debt sort of saps the, the rest of the economy. Uh, we model it from the perspective of that when the government is running budget deficits, the money that could have gone to productive investment is redirected effectively by the government. Now, if the government itself were to use its budget deficits for you know, some sort of capital investment like infrastructure, et cetera, uh, that might be all right. But if effectively what we're doing is taking money from people and giving it to other people for consumption purposes, um, that has value as a, you know, for social safety net and redistributive benefits. But longer term, you're taking away from the capital that we need to grow our economy in the future. So in terms of the impact of the coronavirus, you start out the report looking at the issues around unemployment and laying out how much really has been amongst lower income groups and really the fact that it is across the different age groups as well. Right. So for, uh, if, if I can take a sort of a step back to give a bigger picture of how we approached uh, the impact that uh, this plan would have on the economy. So we're looking at the economy right now. And although in 2020 we, we had a, a recession sort of of the standard type where uh, the economy froze up and stimulus in that situation was useful for unfreezing the economy, kind of you know, getting goods and services flowing. When we look at the data that's coming from the government, quarters uh, three and four of 2020, uh, we're almost back, you know, broadly speaking, for most sectors back to where we were pre-COVID recession. Uh, so there's a big hole in the economy, which are these in-person businesses such as restaurants, hospitality, uh, even healthcare to some extent. Uh, so those are hurting. But uh, when uh, when you try to think about how we can help the economy there, really the only thing you can do is wait for COVID to go away. Now, obviously, there's things we can do to help that along, but until those sectors are reopened, uh, you're really not going to get a lot of uh, of, a, of a boost. So the people that are unemployed uh, in those sectors can't easily reallocate to the rest of the economy. First of all, the rest of the economy doesn't really want them uh, to a large degree. Right. Uh, you know, so we, we need to get those people back to work. Uh, that's going to take getting rid of COVID. 
in the report, you talk about the area of fiscal multipliers, which uh, helps to measure output. And you note uh, the differences between those multipliers from back when the CARES Act came out uh, and that was in place. And what we could see potentially if the Biden plan, the $1.9 trillion plan, is the one that uh, ends up going into the economy. Right. So um, that's that's exactly right. And it builds on what I was uh, trying to talk about just now, which is that you know, you, you kind of have to look at the recession that you have, not not the one perhaps that you think you want to have for the policy. So in 2020, the CARES Act provided stimulus, which, as I said, I think was, was useful to unfree sectors of the economy. People were scared. They were hunkered down. Um, but if you look at what we have now, uh, the the multiplier effects of additional monies are going to be fairly muted. So what we did was, uh, in addition to modeling the sort of the destruction of uh, part of the economy, the temporary destruction part of the economy, uh, we looked at what the Congressional Budget Office has estimated from multipliers. Mm -hmm. And the ones that we felt were appropriate were ones that were were closer to sort of a full-capacity economy. Right. So those multipliers tend to be fairly low and muted. So when you add money to an economy that's already near capacity, you're not going to get a lot of bang for your buck. So when you look at at some of the elements of the Biden plan, thinking like the direct payments of $1,400 or the expansion of the child tax credit, what are the effects of, of, of those changes moving forward? Uh, so the... The money, obviously, for those people in the lower end of the income distribution who are out of work, uh, that money is absolutely necessary for them to survive and, you know, I think provides a needed social safety net. But uh, I think as we found in our analysis, given the way that the plan is currently structured, you have a lot of money going to people in uh, even the, you know, the top quintile, even the top 5% of the income distribution. Mm-hmm. Um, and that money, in our analysis, will primarily be saved. So when you start spreading this money around, uh, some of it is doing quite a bit of good, uh, you know, including you know, the IPC, which is helping people at the bottom end. Um, some of these payments also are helping people. But just the broad nature and the, the fact that it's going to a lot of people that really could survive very well without the money mm-hmm. uh, is going to – generates a large amount of inflows into household savings, which is what we see in 2020. There's a large increase in household savings, according to the, the government's own numbers. There's a lot of conversation, obviously, right now uh, about uh, the labor sector and where we're headed with that and trying to get uh, you know as many jobs back as quickly as you can. Uh, from your viewpoint and, and, and uh, work that you've looked at with this Biden plan, what's the impact on labor from this $1.9 trillion plan? So, as I said before, most of the economy is operating, you know, at near capacity. So you're not going to get a lot of additional hiring. You'll, you'll get some, but we're, we're nearly at where we want to be. Uh, the additional impact of dollars in, you know, at, at trying to give, get people to go to restaurants so that uh, people in the restaurant business can work is just it's not going to happen until the economy opens up. If you gave me another thousand dollars, I'm not going to be able to go and spend that on a you know a spree at a restaurant. Right. Right. 
So I'm, I'm going to pocket it. I'm going to put it in the, the bank account. I, I, I'm not going to buy a second washing machine, for instance, right? So that's, that's the issue. If you're looking at an economy that's effectively where it needs to be, and there's a part of it that's just missing, and, but you, you can't do anything about it, where's that money going to go? Uh, so the labor market's not going to recover until we open up from COVID, uh, and the rest of the economy is not going to be able to produce the way it needs to until we recover from COVID. And, and of course, for a, a lot of businesses that uh, have stayed open, they, they may have considered paring back wages, uh, paring back hours uh, for their employees. Uh, that has a significant impact on, on the government coffers as well when you think about tax revenue. And that's something that's going to be, I think, a, a really big issue as we move forward throughout the course of this year and probably the next couple of years and beyond. Uh, I, th- I think you're right there. Um, you know, I, I have to say it doesn't look like in the current environment people are giving too much thought to uh, you know, where we're uh, trying to fill the deficit holes. We're just printing you know, we're putting out debts and uh, printing money. So longer term, that's an issue that has to be addressed. Uh, this, uh, this massive debt overhang, we're going to have to get rid of it in some manner, uh, whether it's by uh, you know, raising higher taxes, as, as you said, from you know, perhaps part of the economy, parts of the economy that can't really bear it, uh, or you know, maybe we'll, we'll start to see that higher inflation and the devaluation of the debt, uh, which I think some people are looking at as well. It's great work that you guys are doing. Uh, what's next in terms of analysis projects? I, I mean, we do have the GOP coming forward with their own uh, COVID relief package. Uh, so we will be issuing a report on that as well. Uh, I think one of the modeling uh, areas where we'd like to do some work, and we're, we're going to be issuing something in the coming month or so, is our own estimate of what's going to happen in terms of opening up the economy. So how the vaccines uh, are going to help us. Uh, so we made an assumption in this current analysis that the economy is pretty much locked down through 2021. Uh, you know, if, uh, if things open up three months earlier, three months later, obviously that'll make a difference. Uh, longer term, not so much, but uh, you know, those are things I think we want to get right. So we'll be issuing those results uh, in the coming uh, weeks, as I said. Ephraim, great to talk with you again, as always. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Efren Berkovich, who's Director of Computational Analysis for the Penwarden Budget Model. And by the way, if you'd like to take a deeper dive into it, Penwarden Budget Model does a lot of great work. You can find all of their reports at budgetmodel.wharton.upenn.edu. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.